Welcome to the Aikidojo podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles, and I have a special guest today. It's Glenn Yoshida Sensei from Ren Shinkan Dojo. Thank you very much, Ito Sensei. Thank I you for coming. I appreciate being here. Yeah. Uh, Yoshida Sensei is seventh dawn Aikikai, and what year did you start Aikido? 1960. 1960. I think Furia Sensei started Aikido right around the same time. Mm -hmm. He got his black belt in 1963. Uh, yeah, way way before I did. I got mine in 1966, that summer, yeah. So you've been around the block. Well, been here and there, yes. Um, I trained in Aikido until, well, since then, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen a thing or two. Oh, lots of uh, things going on, yeah, during that time. So you've trained with some of the greats. Yes, I did. Yes, you've, I did. You trained with uh, Fujita Sensei, um, Arikawa Sensei. Yes. Second Doshu. Second Doshu. And then yes. You you, you deshied at Huma Dojo. No, I did not. I was. Uh, we, we were. A lot of us, uh, we foreigners, were there, and we because of the amount we practiced, yeah, you know, we we kind of lived there, but we were not Uchi Deshi or Soto Deshi. I guess in that official Aikikai sense, but we hung uh -huh. around a lot. For what year were you hanging out at Hombu Dojo? Uh, I got there in 73, and uh, I left in uh, 83 to come back to Hawaii. Oh, for so only like 10 years. About there, yeah. First since he deshi there in 69. Ah, 69. Yeah. Oh, yeah, He's he knew uh, the people I knew when they were, much younger <laughs> and more willing to trounce you. <laughs> he uh, would take classes from like Saito Sensei and Joe at Humbu Dojo. That's right. I understand. Well, when I got there, Saito Sensei was no longer uh, teaching at Humbu Dojo. On Sundays, we would have, uh, it was Watanabe Sensei. Mm. And uh, people told me, yeah, Saito Sensei used to come in from Iwama on Sundays to teach that class. Yeah. That's what I was told, but... You know, we never, I never saw him there. This story kind of tells the tale of what Homo Dojo was like in that time, is that uh, Fru Sensei was doing in Saito Sensei's Joe class, mm -hmm. and then Saito Sensei got frustrated and said, everybody just do it like Furuya. And then the next class, everybody just beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, yeah, he, he, Furuya Sensei's time was a lot older than mine. I mean, even though he was, what, 69, you say, he was there? Yeah. Yeah, the atmosphere is, I, I believe, much different from when I was there. When Furu Sensei was there, they still had up all the flowers from Osensei's passing. 69, yeah, so, yeah. So he was there when Osensei passed away? At, right afterwards. Right afterwards. Like the month, month, month afterwards. Wow. So he has all these pictures of him standing in front of all the flower arrangements. Oh, guys, that was an intense time, I'll bet. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I got there, what uh, Kishimaru Doshu had been Doshu for already four years, so it was um, a transition. Yeah, it was still a transition into the Kishimaru era, shall we call it? What well, What was that like? Well, I didn't know any better, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't know that. But a lot of people that I I uh, met, yeah, they would talk about Osensei and you know how it was just four years previous, and I'm sure I'm sure. We have no records, but a lot of people 
uh, no longer trained, yeah, because of Osense's passing. I, it, it's not a fact, but that's the, no, the, the sure. gut feeling I have, yeah. I'm sure it's the same. Yeah. I mean, when Furusense died, people just bailed. And you're like, dude, what happened to the way? No, yeah, since he's yeah. gone, you're not the sen- I don't follow you. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they they follow that 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 teacher, but I think, uh, well, I believe you have to follow the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You follow the way, and and if your teacher goes, well, you say, you just hope you, there was enough to slingshot you through the rest of your Aikido journey. Well, yeah, you just don't quit because that would mean you're you're in a cult. Yeah, <laughs> that right? would make like, it oh, the, the cult leader died. He drank the Kool Aid. Everybody died. I left. But yeah. like, you, you don't get that. No. The way is not like that. They say the best teacher is the one that's most unreasonable. So the most unreasonable situation is when the teacher dies. Then, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it then it's the final exam. Yeah, you, you we'll see what you really know. Let's see what you really believe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, was it tense Te- uh, training there under Second Doshu uh, less than a decade after? Sensei died? Um, no, it wasn't, but uh, tense. No, it was... Uh, you know, because you're afraid that this is all going to come crashing down, so you better train. Everybody's training hard because, you know, yeah. we could be attacked. It could be Dojo Yabure <laughs> from other Aikido groups or other martial arts. It could be, you know, everyone's afraid. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, being 26 and not knowing what, much Japanese and what was going on, Tell you the truth, if that was happening, I did not know. Mm. Yeah, I was just too busy uh, trying to adjust to Japan and getting beaten up. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're an island boy. Yeah, and even though Japan's an island, it's not like an island. <laughs> it is a metropolitan city. Yeah. They, yeah, they're not. There's not people dragging surfboards walking by. No, every they're other not. Thing. They're not laid back. I mean, people who are training were. As I recall, there were a lot of, of, of skilled people on the mats. Ser- serious? Serious. I mean, just, just regular guys who would practice, and they, they would uh, trounce me. And it, <laughs> it was, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they'd always smile and do it. I remember one fellow, Morisan. Yeah. He, he laughed, and good looking guy, and beat the heck out of me. And there were girls that beat the heck out of me, too. <laughs> you didn't, you've never experienced that before. Well, not in Hawaii. In Hawaii, it was uh, well, pretty important, you know. I guess you would call it one of the senior students. But when I got there, I found out, oh no, there's a lot more to Aikido than I had thought. So in in Hawaii, you were a, a big big fish in a small pond, and then you go to Japan, and you're a, you're a big fish in an even bigger pond. Oh yeah. Well, in Hawaii, you know, like rank was not very high like it is today. Shodan Nidan was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think Yoshioka Sensei, my teacher at the time, was, what was he, maybe a, a fourth degree? That was pretty high. The Hombu Dojo teachers were Dokudan. Yeah. Yeah, sixth nine, and that was a big deal. Yeah. And so going to Japan, I thought, uh, thought I was pretty good for about a day. <laughs> for, for about an hour about an hour well actually about 10 minutes 10 minutes well that's what about what it took yeah that, that's, that's, that's what Free Sensei said too he said you know he thought he was strong he thought he was fast he, was, he thought he was young he was Nidan when he went yeah and then he said that every day someone was beating him beating up beating him up like someone he stole something yeah yeah and then he's just like there, there, there's a story of uh, Free Sensei was so tired yeah. that um he went up on the roof 
uh-huh. to take a quick nap. And then it's one of those jokes where you wake up and it's night. Uh-huh. He wakes up, it's night, and he's like, oh my gosh. He goes downstairs and everybody, where were you? We were looking for you. And then the next day, everybody beat him up again. <laughs> They're worried about him. Yeah, because he, yeah. Cause he yeah. was, you know, he would, he, I don't know, he was given some task. He finished the task and was like, oh, finally got some some time. Went up on the on the roof, fell asleep. I don't even know how you get on the roof or some something like that. And he falls asleep and he said he w- went to sleep. It was daytime. He woke up. It was night. <laughs> That's a great, yeah. And great then he, adventure. And then, um, I can't remember if he said it was Arikawa Sensei or somebody. He just said, hey, just go, go, go. Go, you know, go back to your room. Your room, uh-huh. and then he's like, okay. And then he gave him like one dollar to go get ramen because <laughs> they felt sorry for him because he he'd been beaten up so much and so tired yeah. that they felt bad. So someone, I think it was oh. Idikawa or someone, gave him a dollar. Go, go here, go get ramen because at that time the yen is like three fifty to one or something. Yeah, about that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah like a yeah. dollar. Like, Here's a dollar. Go, go get ramen. You know. See, because when I got there, there was no um, deshi program like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I got there, there were three of them who were, we, 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 we considered them uchi deshi. Yeah. And um, there was Shibata sensei, Sek sensei, and uh, Iwagaki sensei. So those were the three guys. Mm. And um, Iwagaki sensei was, was real nice. Yeah, nice fellow. Shibata was nice, but he beat me up a lot. <laughs> and uh, Sex Sensei was the one who trounced me on the first day on, I believe, instructions from Kishimaru Sensei. But that, that's the old way in martial arts is that time to humble this person. Well, what if he doesn't need humbling? Get yeah. him still humble him. Humble him, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember when I, I mentioned this to uh, Miyamoto Sensei some years later, he laughed and he says, yeah, and Seki Sensei didn't know what he was doing. I said, really? <laughs> well, it seemed like it to me. Yeah. Oh. It was like uh, I'd never, Aikido that I did not know. I had never seen Aikido like that. That's not the way we did it in Hawaii. Hmm. So, um, in what, th- what, what way was it different? Well, it was vigorous. I mean, I remember it was a show, morning class with Kishimaru Sensei. I always started with Shomei Uchi Iriminage. Started? Yeah. And so um, I remember I struck Sek Sensei and he came in and he threw me to the ground face down. So I figured, okay, that's it. Started to stand up. Then he grabbed my neck and threw me backwards. I said, what the heck is this? So I hit him with the other side. Same thing happened. And uh, what it's it's four four times and then you change right yeah. So after about ten minutes, I was huffing and puffing. And I told him, you know, in my broken Japanese, I said, if we keep this up, I can't do any more. And he kind of nodded, and uh, we went a little slower, and I managed to survive the class. We never talked about it later on. You never know? you ever said, hey, uh, remember that? <laughs> Sex and say, remember that time when you gave me that black eye? <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Um, over the years that I spent at Hombu, uh, you know, we, we weren't pals and sit down and have coffee and things, but, you know, it was always a recognition. And when um, he began to instruct at Hombu Doja, I would go to his class, and he would use me for uh, uke, which I felt really honored, hmm. you know, to be able to do the proper uke me for someone like Sex Sensei. And he was, what, Gyondai at the time, but, you know, just solid. So I've I've always felt that yeah I could my ukemi was getting better that I could stand up in front of the class and and do the right ukemi. 
who was the hardest person or most hardest, difficult, most roughest person you trained with at Hombu? Oh, got to be uh, Shibata Sensei. What? Yeah, he was my friend. <laughs> and he was my friend. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he would regularly, I mean, uh, two or three times a week, he'd catch me in the evening, and it was all over. So you guys were frenemies. Well, it wasn't enemy at all. He'd 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 um, he'd uh, trounce me, which was the only way. And uh, even at his, what he was a sanda maybe at the time, but he gauged the uh, um, the intensity of how he threw me to to bring up my ukemi. So after a while, he could throw me as hard as he wanted to, and well, not wanted to as uh, pretty hard, and I would be all right. How many hours a day did those guys train? Oh, those guys, I don't know, maybe five, six. I think they did all the classes in the beginning. And then I think as they go, go out to teach, then they, they, they're they not doing that uh, daily training anymore. What They do train, but they have teaching uh, assignments. So be out during the evenings, for example, which is what uh, happened one day with uh, Shibata Sensei. We're... Um, we're training, and he's being, you know, giving me the tsuparigeko, the resistance practice. And I'm eating me nugget because I'm looking at him. And he says, Glenn, he says, uh, what are you cooking for dinner tonight? I said, uh, I'm making chicken stew. And he goes, uh, with black pepper? <laughs> I said, yes. And he goes, I'll be over. And then he <laughs> took the fall, you know. He said, he took the fall because after he'd, he'd finished, uh, he'd be coming back through a... Uh, to the dojo, and I live near the dojo, so he would just pop in, and he said, so I would feed him, and he'd go back to the dojo. It happened a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big joke. He was a sucker for black pepper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's the person whose class you like taking the most? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, and the, you know, of course, we, always, we we say like you like second doshu because he's second doshu, but. Whose class did you like to take uh, outside of that? I like that? to take, I like Ichihashi Sensei's class. He's yeah. a big dude. Yeah, yeah. He's like six something. Was he six foot? He's I tall. Don't, uh. I have his kekogi at yeah. my dojo. Because oh. he used to come every year, uh-huh. Ichihashi Sensei, before he died. His kids came to our dojo on their honeymoon. Oh, yeah, wow. so I mean, he came to the dojo several times. I didn't times. know he was that big, but I, I, I remember him being a big, a tall. Well, I know he was kind of a stockier. Yeah, dude, very stocky. But he guy. seemed taller. But you know, the, they all again, look big. They all look yeah. big. And yeah. then they took off the uniform. They go, that guy's five feet tall. Yeah. yeah. What well, happened <laughs> with with Watanabe Sensei? We never, until we went out with him once, a whole bunch of folks, and we we took a group shot, and we, you know, he's only five feet three. He's the one with the bald head and the mustache. Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah. The Watanabe yeah. with the the no look. Yeah, no touch. yeah. You ever you ever taken that yeah. ukemi? Um, yeah, we Is used to real? train on Sunday like Is that. It it, it's um, it's interesting. Legit? Yeah, it, it's legit. Um, it it's it's. How can I put it? it? It's a he could really throw you, but he wouldn't trounce you. Yeah, and he also helped. Uh, Help me with my ukemi. But when he would do that, you, you'd start off like you're going to attack. And the way I, I felt is like you're drawn into his kokyu. Then he'd come back with that look like he's going to kill you. And so you back up. How close is the spacing at that time? The spacing was just normal my eye. Yeah, engagement my eye. But 
if if I'm going to like for example, if I was about to hit, he'd at that point he'd give you that look, and then you would feel it. You, you'd feel you know. that that coquu pressure, and you go, "This is there's no opening." He'd he'd close the uh, the ski would close, and and you could feel that mental engagement with him. But if you were just you know like you know just going in to strike him, of course you wouldn't work. But if you were engaged in that target the ishin deshin thing yeah yeah so you know if if and we were training to the, not just pre- present uh present ourselves as a, a target to be thrown but if you you the only thing and this is what i learned from uh from working with shibata sensei um is that the only thing you do is you focus on that target and you go and hit that. You're not worried about ukemi. Your body will take care of itself. If you've trained properly, your body will respond. Mm. Yeah. You don't go in with the intention of taking an ukemi. You're going in with this attack, and that's all you're thinking of, and that's the focus you do, because uh, what? What's what you're supposed to do? And the other person is just concerned about dealing with what you're bringing. If if both of you are trying to set it up, then it's uh, what do you call it? a made-up game, yawacho. <laughs> yeah, but that's different than kind of today, though. The person is going in, yeah, with, with the intent of taking ukemi, exactly. not with the intent of of striking or grabbing. But that's but that's very low-level beginner's mentality. Well, when you're learning in the beginning, kata, yeah, yeah, then of course, then you say. I'm pretty sure he's going to throw me this way. This is how I'm going to fall. You're trying to learn the fall. But as you advance, of course, then it becomes, uh, what shall I say? It, it's, it's yakusoku geiko, yeah, where it, it's agreed that I will strike yeah. and you will defend. But And we agree that you're going to do this technique. And then as you get, oh, I don't know what the down level is, because down is so inflated these days. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if you're at the level of a, uh, well, at that time, Hombu Dojo Sandan kind of level, then um, we agreed that I would strike you. This is where Jiu Waza is supposed to be. Mm. I will, we agreed that I would hit you Shomei Uchi. And then uh, you don't tell me what you're going to do. You're going to do what you do. And uh, we, we can't go full tilt for safety's sake. Well, sometimes you can. But I will try to hit you and then I'll take whatever you give me, knowing that you're not going to cheap shot me. I have that confidence, that uh, faith in you that you will you will just do a, a a safe technique on me. But I don't know what you're going to do. So juwaza is just a pure attack, as opposed to people today. It's the pure. Th- it's the do whatever you want throw time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, juwaza. The the the. the is, I think it was Arikal Sensei who told me. He says, after a while, it gets to the point where I can do whatever, I can do the shomeuchi attack, and you, the nage will do the whatever technique he wants. And then you get to the point is, I can choose the attack, depending on the opening. And then nage will do whatever is appropriate. And this gets really scary. For example, if you and I faced off, then you, I, I, I might see an opening for yokomen, so I will come yokomen. Instead of showman otsuki or maybe grab, yeah, I I, I get to select what uh, kogeki, what attack I will use, and this is really hard. I've only done this a couple of times myself. It's scary. 
Well, I think people today just go arbitrarily kick, punch, hit, grab, and then they call it jiwaza, as opposed to really looking for the opening of your with your opponent. Yeah, so opening. I don't want to say too much about it because it, it's like jiwaza actually is uh, as as uh, as we do it is is still pretty get down to it a pretty low level. Yeah, for safety's sake. Yeah, for safety's sake, because we don't train every day, and we're all not training in the same method. Um, we we'll say, okay, show me what you do, and we come in at maybe half speed, yeah. and the person can do whatever there is. But it's kind of a a set. Uh, maybe irimi nage, maybe kotegaeshi, and then uh, maybe a shihonage, one of those to begin with. And that's that's tough enough for people who only train twice a week. That's that's pretty good, I and, think. And that hombu, they they reserve like the last five minutes for, you know. geiko, yeah. But I think, but the thing is that most people end up doing what Doshu did in the class, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. is, that, is that the proper? Is that the, what you're properly supposed to do in the Jiwaza at the end of class at Hombu Dojo? Well, is do what Doshu did. Well, it, it's it's not Jiwaza. It's geiko. Yeah. So um. In the morning class, I've been there, and, and uh, you know, if it's a senpai, he'll ask me, what do you want? Yeah, and I say, oh, let, help me with kokyu uh, ho, uh, or help me with shiho uh, nage, or this part of shiho nage, and they'll, they'll mentor you through for 10 minutes. Yeah, and that's what it's used for. Otherwise, they'll just say, sometimes they'll just say, the senpai will say to the koha, and I've said this, come, and, and they throw you. Yeah. yeah, to help you with your ukemi. And a lot of that happens, I see, um, in the morning class, yeah, to help people get that uh, rhythm and flow of uh, being thrown. And that this, uh, f- what is, it's for the ukemi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not for specific waza. So, um, yeah, and that, and in a normal class, it, it's good to let people just, uh, I believe, just do practice whatever you want to practice. And uh, then it becomes practice. It's not what I said to do. It's not my coaching. It's not you get to um, you get to play, hmm. and that's very important. But that, that's that spirit and that of, of training hard. You say you say play, but your play becomes. It's not so much that it's play. It's I mean it's still. The, the the feeling is play, but you guys are training hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, and play in the sense of um, fiddling, fiddling yeah. with something. Trying to figure something Trying out. to figure something out. And uh, I think it was uh, Yamaguchi Sensei who told me that. Yeah, He says, uh, and, and he meant it not in the frivolous sense of play, but you, um, and, and toying either isn't uh, frivolous. Yeah, you, 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 you jiggle, you judge, you see what works, what doesn't work. And um, this is what we do. Instead of just being uh, repeating a, a, a set movement that the teacher was trying to get you to learn, now you do it. Now you, you, you fiddle with it to see how it works. And you, you tell your partner, okay, try coming in this way, try coming in that way for me. And you're, you're messing with it mm. to, to see if it works. How it works? Do you do that same five ten minute jugeko at, at in your dojo? Yeah, we try to do that. So whatever you you feel like you want to work on, we'll do that. So my instruction time is is finished. Now let's see um, all the things that have been happening to you. What's happening? And uh, I think it, it, if I go to a class and I only have 
get to do what the, the teacher says to do. It's kind of unfulfilling. And if, if they allow you after keiko time to fiddle around, then that's good. But at Hombu, a lot of people got, you know, they got jobs to go to. They've got yeah, yeah. You know, things to do. So after dojo fiddling, after keiko fiddling doesn't happen uh, too much. So Yeah, we never we never did it. Every once in a while I'll do it. But we, we as, at Fruya Dojo, as far back as the 90s, never did it. Uh, but then, I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But, you know, that's just the, the, mm-hmm. the method that they have at Hombu yeah. Dojo. They've been doing for... At least it's 30 years that I've been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes the teacher will just end, like we've had classes where you just follow what the teacher does. And sometimes they give you time at the end. I, they're, they're, they're free to do that. Well, they were. I don't know. I don't train at Hombu now. I'm talking yeah. <laughs> 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So then uh, did you ever accompany a teacher abroad? Uh, no, I, I did not. Didn't have that because we're not, you know, we weren't that that kind of deshi program that Furio Sensei went through. It wasn't wasn't around anymore because mm-hmm. I've I've heard about this, but uh, we didn't see it. You know, wasn't around. But you were dispatched someplace. Where were you dispatched to? To, to Spain. Oh, really? What yeah. part of Spain? Uh, to Pamplona. Pamplona. And the the dojo was was uh, Aikido was already established there, and they did have. Uh, uh, Kitaura Sensei, who's still there. Yeah. Yeah. He was in charge of Spain. So um, I just had that, that dojo in Pamplona to take care of. So. What, why did they send you there? I mean, as a. Because uh, the, 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 uh, the head of the, the gym had requested uh, an instructor oh. of Hombu. And it took about a year of negotiations to, uh, to get all the contracts and things straightened out. How long were you there for? I was there for two years. How's your Spanish now then? Well, Spanish is uh, should be like so. It's it's it's, it's muy malo. Estos días, so it's muy malo. So I haven't spoken it in maybe what forty years, but um, I, I every now and then keep in touch with the some of the people I knew there, and what's what's um, I got an email one day and was from. This kid, he was like 10 or 12, and I have a photo taken with him, and he's just a little kid, and he's a Rokudan now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he continued to Aikido, and um, yeah, it, it, it's really heartwarming. And he, uh, he was doing a seminar with uh, Kitaura's sensei's son. So I thought, wow, they've been doing it all these uh, 40 years. What's his name? Do you remember? Oh gosh, what's his name? I can't recall. Can't recall right now. I go, I I I'm going to Spain in October for oh, to teach Aikido. Yeah, because we have a sister school in Salamanca. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll get the name to you. I can't just well, I'm sure recall I, right now. Yeah, yeah, or don't. You should come with us. It'd be a big a big name for us to have at our our seminar in Spain. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll yeah, be fun. All those people go. Yeah. Oh, I remember that guy yeah, from yeah. The, was yeah. it, was it in the seventies? 70s, uh, late 70s, yeah. Yeah, no more bell bottoms, though. No, no, no bell bottoms. <laughs> no, no bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Were you dispatched any other places? No, that was it. That was the only one. And then I went back to Tokyo, and then I, I went back to Hawaii. So, how, how, how many years were in total were you doing Aikido in uh, Japan and Spain? Okay, well, it was, I, I, I went in, to Japan in 73. And 
79, I guess, I was dispatched for two years, and then uh, I went back to Tokyo for a couple of years, and then I left. So those two activities, shall we say, took 10 years, mm. eight and two, yeah? So, yeah. And that was a, a good time. That was a good time. Um, this, the, the hard thing was is what, at the time I was about to be dispatched is when... Uh, Kishimoto Sensei collapsed. Yeah, he had that intestinal. We never knew what it was, but he uh, he collapsed, and they took him to the hospital. And uh, when I was there at at, at uh, in Spain, um, so funny, we'd be doing uh, an exercise, and I would always yell out in what little Spanish I could, and we'll do five more for Doshu, and we did five more, whatever it is <laughs> what we were doing. And then one day somebody came up to me and said, who's Doshu? <laughs> I said, oh, okay. They didn't know. They didn't yeah, know the yeah. structure of Aikikai and, and everything. All they knew was they came to the gym to practice Aikido and they saw O-sensei's picture and they saw me and that was all they knew. So I, I thought, oh, there's a, a bit of education that's lacking here. Did, so when, when you were there, did you do the running of the bulls or anything like that? I was always sent out for seminars during that week. Yeah, the, within Spain they have, would have seminars, so I was never there for the running of the bulls. Doing your uh, randori on. Uh, yeah, well, everybody said, yeah, they said, you know, um, you should run, sensei. I go, yeah, I should, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, at that time you, you're, you know, instead of you get the headline, uh, I, local Aikido teacher gored by bull. Gored by bull, trampled and trampled. Yeah. No, so, no Aikido here. No. But you know what was interesting was every kid, every kid knew. That uh, when you when you're if you're running with the bulls and you have you you can't keep up with them you have to take an inside turn because the bulls will run wide, and say don't get stepped on because the foot opens up and when he lifts the foot up it'll pinch your skin. They all knew this, and they all knew that the bulls can run flat but they can't run downhill very well. Everybody knew this, and um, I um, the judo teacher there at the dojo. Uh, was really helpful. He and his wife would. Uh, they they took me one day to a, a neighboring village, and they also have this running of the bulls, but they're not bulls. They're um, they're um, pygmy goats. Yeah, what are your vacas? They're 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 cows. They're male cows. Yeah, yeah, male things. But and they had them at one place coming down a hill, and so we're watching from across the way and they would start and they would stop and they would start and they would stop and the trouble is that those animals didn't want to run and so they had to to prod them along but everybody does this because it's it's observation of uh the um the romans executed saint Fermin by having him trampled by bulls which is what the festival is all about i did not know that yeah so the saint yeah, saint Fermin, as it's called in english yeah, see, this is this podcast is also educational. <laughs> yeah, and everybody wears the um, the white shirt and the red uh, panuelo, the red uh, neckerchief, and you carry a bota, that, that uh, wine bag. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I can't drink, but I carry. You know, during that the 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 what did they call it? Semana Santa. Uh, well, during that festival of San Fermin, I think a week. After that, they still have the festivals going on. So I did wear the white shirt with the red neckerchief and carried the bota. Yeah. And uh, that's what everybody... And you got to learn how to drink from a bota. 
you know, tilt your head back and shoot straight into your own mouth. I'd get yeah. it all over my face. Yes, yeah, good. Drink. That's why they wear the white shirt, so they, they know you missed. <laughs> yeah, they, they, know your, they know your level by yeah. the number yeah. of drops on your shirt. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good time there. And um, when I was there, the, 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 um, one, one weekend, uh, this American fellow whom I knew and this, uh, one of my Spanish, she was a former teacher, uh, she says, let's go for a ride. And so we went, I had a car, and so we went out to, um, to the mountains, the, the French-Spanish border. And uh, what do they call it? Roncesvalles. It's called, yeah? It's that pass in the mountains where um, uh, way back in the 800s, Charlemagne took his army, followed by Roland, and that's where the Song of Roland comes from. Oh. Yeah, so the little bit of history again here is that uh, the Charlemagne was invited. Now, if I'm mistaken, history buffs, sorry. Um, we, he was invited to, uh, to, to relieve... Uh, a certain town down there, <laughs> and on his way through to to protect their rear, they raised the 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 village of uh, Pamplona, the the that that area, mm -hmm. and these guys did not forget. So when Charlemagne came through again, they let everybody go, the main body go through, and they, and Roland was the the uh, rear guard, and they attacked Roland, and Roland blew his horn asking for help, but Charlemagne couldn't turn his army around to go back and rescue Roland. And so um, that, that's the song of Roland. He, uh, he cried for help, but couldn't get it. And uh, the, the, the Navarrans over there just took him down. Yeah, they don't forget. They don't forget. And so we went through, and I said, wow, this is Roncesvalles. This is like the song of Roland. This is really great. Now, when we went through the border, um, the, the, the soldiers there, the border guards, let us through. Then coming back, they said, oh, by the way, you need a passport. Some of you, one of you must have a passport or a state ID. And my Spanish friend says, well, I have this. They said, that's a Xerox copy that's no good. And so here we are. We're stuck on the French side of the border. We got through, but we can't come back. <laughs> and they're, they're stuck because they have to follow their orders. And we're like this, you know, all of us. And then I realized, oh, for some goofy reason, I had my passport in my camera bag. And so they saw that we're all relieved, and we drove back and got across the border. So, you know. That's, see, that's Aikido training. That's Aikido training. You got something in your back pocket there. Yeah. yeah. You always have some, <laughs> some extra thing that will help you in a lurch. Yeah. And that was, that was for me going to the Pyrenees, and to that was was uh, not Aikido, but it was just fortunate to have been there, to have seen that. And you know, I, I in high school, I guess we read the song of Roland, the poem, and uh, here it was. I was really happy about that. Life comes full full circle. It does. It You're does, like, oh, yeah. thanks, Mr. Henderson, for yeah. making us read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, I mean, that it's kind of like your Aikido career. I'll, you trained with some of the most famous Aikido teachers in the modern time. Uh, yeah. You know, like Arikawa, Yamaguchi, Seki Sensei, Yokota Sensei, yeah. uh, Fujita Sensei, Second Doshu, all those people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a very fortunate time. And um, 
You know, we, we got them when they were young. We got them, like, Masuda Sensei was what? 35? Fujita Sensei was about the same age. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they let us have it. <laughs> they let us have it. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> it was. I did. Yeah, when yeah. I was when I was that level at my dojo, people came through. I let them have it. Sure, let them have it. Yeah, sure. I know Okumura Sensei taught the uh, beginners class, and several of my friends went there to learn the fundamentals from him. I, I did not do that, but later on, um, I, I did get to know Okumura Sensei. This is. Oh, God, how long ago was this? Maybe 10 years ago. And uh, he did grant me, uh, he had a small private class in the morning, about three or four people, and uh, attended. he invited me to attend the class. And uh, he, he kind of coached me throughout that, for the one hour, basically a private lesson. And uh, when I left... One of, the, one of the students from the class, I don't know if it was that day or another day, but he came up to me and he handed me this uh, little booklet. And it was all the kind of teaching that Okumura Sensei had been doing with them. Still have the booklet? I still have the booklet, and I, I got to get through and read all the, the, the handwritten Japanese in there. Something I got to do real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. be an interesting read. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing you've done with uh, Budo no Renshu. Ah, Budo Renshu, yeah. <laughs> that that um, you've you've done this translation explanation based on the book uh, Budo Renshu. Yeah, well, as best as we could figure, um, about oh, how long ago was this? Maybe ten years ago. Uh, two of my students and I we went through every technique. Every technique. Every technique of Budo Renshu. How long did that take you? It's about three years, because we were, we could maybe make two techniques a night. We'd make notes and we'd go and revisit the technique, and uh, we would look at the crude, crude. We call them crude drawings, but all you have are two or three hand-drawn illustrations to tell you what it is, and and you try to figure it out. And the the drawings are amazingly accurate. Oh yeah, yeah, amazingly accurate, and. Uh, I made a Xerox copy so I could draw lines where the lines of attacks were and how Aikido now is... is you have to know modern Aikido to understand what's in Budo Denshu. Yeah. Yeah? But uh, certain things you say, oh, okay, this works better. Yeah, it's not too safe. Yeah? It's, it's not a flowing thing like we have as Aikido because it's not Aikido. It's uh, Budo Denshu. It's more... I don't know. I've not done Dai Toryu. But it's, the trans- it's the transition between Aikido and uh, Aiki Jiu-Jitsu, Aiki Budo, and Aikido of yeah, modern Aikido. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So it's it's kind of a um, yeah, it's it's that transition. So it's got all the the the, the f- what efficacy of a, of a bujutsu, yeah, well, a little safer, shall we say? Not yeah. and uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do these, and. Um, I should uh, put that out in print, yeah. <laughs> or at least shoot some videos to see it, because that yeah. would be interesting. You know, because, I mean, it took you three years. So yeah. the the junior Aikidoist or the layperson would take them three times as long yeah. to, to, put to, to be able to go through that. Plus, who has the ability and skill to understand and interpret those things, right? Because if, 
if your Aikido is not solid, Kihon Waza wise, you're going to not know, oh, this is the line of attack. Yeah. You know, this is, you're going to, you're going to meet this barrier. This is how you're going to get through this barrier. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, it's like, it's because of the training that I had that, uh, you know, line of attack and do this and uh, that, that formulation that allowed me to, uh, or us to to figure out what was going on in this uh, Budo Denshu. So just because you're a Sandan, you might not get it if you don't understand line of attack and Kuzushi and uh, Atemi and all of these things. So, but still, um, it all can be learned. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that 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 intense period of training in Japan really kind of benefited you later on in life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's, well, then now I can look at Budo Denshin and understand it. It, it. When we opened it up, we didn't know what it was. It just looked like funny pictures. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, it was not until the uh, paperback copy came out that I started to work on it. Because when that um, Jap- traditional style binding came out, uh, two of my very good friends uh, purchased it for me. And so... Um, I had them sign the book because <laughs> oh, since it wasn't around to sign it, so we bought. I have that book, and it, I, I, it's a collector's item. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but this other one that uh, came out in paperback, that's the one to doodle on. Yeah, yeah. And so that's actually when you come down to it, it's more valuable than the original book. Yeah, because it has uh, a lot of sweat in it. Yeah, and the, uh, you don't feel bad ruining uh yeah a nice yeah copy. yeah because the other one is meant to look at and this other one is a working copy so how, how would you compare those techniques of uh budo renshu to y- your time at home dojo there were several in there several techniques that said oh we did that something very similar to that um right off the top of my head is like kaiten nage hmm. yeah um we got the one that omote where you you raise the arm up and you throw the guy forward. Yeah, yeah. And there's the other one that uh, peop- a lot of people say makes more sense. Yamaguchi sense in particular, he'll place his your arm on your hip and they'll spin you around and toss you. Yeah. Well, Budo Denshu has one where you take that arm and it's uh, bent around your back like a half Nelson, and then you throw the guy, which is so comfortable throws, right? Comparable, yeah. So instead of having the arm safely by your side. It's brought behind your back. That's what I mean. Comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. <laughs> Not comfortable. <laughs> oh, it's so comfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah it feels yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, one of the techniques that we liked it, uh, was in, in Budo Denshu, uh, it, it, sh- it, it measures on the mat how far the guy will fall, how far away from you you have to throw him. And it's his one mat. So... We we tried to throw somebody one mat distance, which is a lot of fun. Uh, one mat lengthwise, six one feet? mat lengthwise, yeah. A, a Japanese six feet, six feet, yeah, yeah, less, so, less than six feet. But. And you go, well, that's 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 you can't do that too many times a night, you know, practicing throw, getting yeah, thrown well, unless you're far. young and and uh, flexible, <laughs> yeah, which we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need some young flexible guy to you practice go on. Boing and just yeah, fly off yeah. and then come back without yeah. being hurt. And one, if, if anybody's looking out there and wants to look at Budo Denshu, it's very important to look at the position of the uke after the throw. Oh, that, yeah? that's an yeah. interesting way to yeah. look at it. Yeah, because that, that tells you how he was thrown. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, if he's this way or that way, that means. Yeah, whether he's on the left side, his right side, whether he's facing you, face up, or what happened to him. And these yeah. are illustrations. Hmm? The illustrations, yes, all just hand-drawn illustrations. Interesting. So yeah. you would think if you take a picture, oh, since he may not see it because by the time the film develops, but if he's, you're sketching it out right there, yeah. oh, since he goes, no, that's not how the person landed. Actually, that's what happened according to Stanley Prannan. He, he interviewed the woman who did the drawing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she said uh, after practice, she would sketch. And Osensi would come around and, and correct, yeah, uh, offer his thing. I said, no, when you throw, you do this. And when, So he had a lot of uh, his input into that, which is, I think, uh, yeah. Thank you, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting point. I wonder what they have deep in those archives over there at Stan, Stan Prennan's. Uh, yeah. What does know. he have, yeah? To try to understand, you know, w what is Aikido? Because it's so deep and it's a very deep and vast valley that you get can get lost in very quickly. Very easily, very easily. Because well, well, even when I was there, um, the the beauty of it was that uh, Osawa Sensei, yeah, and uh, he was of a different generation from, let's say, Ichihashi-sensei. Do you take Osama-sensei's class? Oh, yeah. Every now and then I could. But, I, you know, you, he, he taught in the morning. So it was hard because we had to work. But Osama-sensei was, I look back on it, it was cryptic because his stuff was so well-developed. He didn't do, like, um, you know, a Kihon movement. He did an Aikido movement. And you had to have... Uh, to, I, I believe to get full benefit of it, you had to have your kihon down pretty well to see that it had moved to this thing. But um, yeah, he 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 trounced me on my head a couple times. That was that made me a believer. Yeah, for yeah. instance, he took his class a lot. He uh -huh. was a, that was his favorite teacher. Mm -hmm. He um he was very patient. Yeah, and. Um, Always, well, everything you want, you, you aspire to that kind of Aikido, yeah. So, yeah. And, like, who else was there? Arikawa-sensei, Yamaguchi-sensei, Sasaki-sensei. Uh, what, what was second doshu like? Second doshu. Kishimaru doshu. Kishimaru doshu. Well, the morning classes were really hard for me to do, so I only did a couple of them. And uh, what I found, if I did that, I'd fall asleep at work. So I well, What were you doing for work at that time? Uh, teaching English. Oh. But I had a job at, uh, at a, a hotel school. So it was, they were like, I had to teach three classes in the morning, and that was it for the day. But I found if I, if I did uh, Shimadu Sensei's class, that would mean getting up at maybe 5.30, yeah. get to the dojo before 6.30 to dress out, and then... At 7.30, uh, scrambled to get out of there to get to work by 8.30, 9 o'clock. And uh, I don't know. We just I just fall asleep about 10 o'clock, right in the <laughs> middle of class. But when he started to do the evening class, when he had started to do a Friday night class, that's when it got fun. That was a really different uh, class. Because hmm. uh, I know... What, why, why was it Why was it? fun well because um names that we know chiba sensei shibata sensei miyamoto sensei would attend the class 
and it was uh, Doshu was more himself. He would just uh, do uh, stronger techniques. It wasn't for people who were just, uh, you know, doing a little ritual. No, it wasn't ritual, but you know, it wasn't as. Uh, well, it was just a workout. Yeah, just a morning workout. But in the evening, it was uh, a lot tougher. And you have people, like I said, the, the deshi were there training and they would train very strongly on you and um and the thing at, at that point it was maybe was i a sundown already i think so and so um he would use me for uke me for uke so i made sure that i didn't sit by another desk because he would motion and if he motioned if if you and i were sitting there and you're the desk he motions you're gonna go and i have to allow that to happen you know both of us running up is very bad form so i sat among just people who would not be called so when he motioned to me i knew that was the one oh, time so to go up yeah you got to get smart and yeah yeah so he would call me up at least you know once a class i got to get up to be ukemi what was what okay. was it like taking his ukemi you know because japanese people always talk about what it feel like and westerners always want to know what did they do yeah well what did it feel like well it was it's different from being thrown by him as he comes around and, and throws you but you know you have to be on your very best so that people can see how to take the proper ukemi mm. yeah so it wasn't fast but um you know you had to move in the prescribed manner shall we say so that you looked good yeah. looked good took the appropriate ukemi as far as what it was like when he came to throw you Okay, here's the story. I don't know if it was Swariwaza or Tachiwaza. I think I, I recall it's Swariwaza. But my practice was, I guess, a little, not a little, sloppy enough that he would come to uh, tell me, practice more carefully. And he says to me, Yoshida kun, mo to teine ni keiko shinake ba naranai. You have to be more precise in your practice. And he put a nikyo on me. That uh, just like you know, the Roger Rabbit, the eyes came out of the head. <laughs> I did not expect it. I did not know. I had not had a, a Kishimoto Sensei Nikyo ever, and that's the only one he ever gave to me actually. But it was um, as severe as any. Well, not severe. How shall we say? As as wonderful as any other Nikyo I've had. Jaw droppingly jaw, awesome. Jaw droppingly awesome, and it was like. <sighs> couldn't breathe and i think he got a kick out of that <laughs> i think you know he kind of walked away and chuckled you know i mean he could be nasty like that you know but not nasty i thought it was really good another time i was was that the night i was training with ellis i can forget but we we're doing ushiro hijitori mm. and he comes over and he grabs me by the elbow and he goes dozo and i could not move and after keiko i i thought Gee, what is this guy, a comedian? You know, grabbed me by the elbows and dozo, come on, come on, let me go. But he uh, he grabbed me, hijitori, and that's when I realized that, that hijitori, you can immobilize someone. Because mm. he got me, and I was, you know, a young, healthy person and uh, could not move. And he just... Did it feel like a hard grab? It, it, it No, it wasn't hard. Not like bone-crushing hard, but... Uh -huh. um, well, there there are there are two um, 
two uh, nerves, I guess, one on the inside yeah. of the arm and one on the outside, and he got both of them. His that, hands were big enough. That's to what you're supposed to do. I don't yeah. know if people do yeah. that today. No. But, yeah. But it just froze both of me, and, and I guess there's, now that I look back on it, a certain moving of the shoulders back and, you know, a whole bunch of things he did that I could not move. It's not just a grip. There's a little something else in there. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what they say that Aikido, back in the old days, they used to say Aikido was black magic. Yeah. Because they could grab you and immobilize you without, like, you know, without you knowing what they did. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you take, you, you when you put someone in Nikyo, it's supposed to um, immobilize the off hand. And then you can't, you feel like you can't move the, the hand yeah. that's not being yeah. grabbed. Yeah. And that's what they, they used to say. Oh, Aikido people do black magic. And not, not just the form. Yeah. 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 Cause they couldn't explain. I, I had uh, something similar to that. A, a Sankyo put on me once and I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Who was, who was the, I, I, forget, I forget. But the thing is, when you, you look at it, if Sankyo done, if you get that shoulder up and it yeah. compresses the lung, moves, moves everything back physiologically, you can yeah. figure it out. But um, that's I, people don't understand how to do stuff like that these days. No, no, and and Nikyo is like uh, Ikkyo. All of those things are really done properly. Done properly, it's it immobilizes you, and it's it's not fun to have it done to you. I guess that's why yeah. it doesn't happen too often. But I think do you do you think that people today have lost that ability? Definitely, definitely, it's become more of a um, put your hand on the guy and he'll fall down. You yeah. know. Why doesn't he fall down? Because you're not doing it right. You're not cooperating. You know. Yeah, because like the, um, what you were talking about, I had this patient come into the clinic just just the other day, mm-hmm. and she had a chiropractic adjustment, and now she has trouble breathing, and then she has digestive problems. Oh. And while I was working on her, when I pushed on her front of her rib cage, mm-hmm. her stomach would gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Mm-hmm. But but just by the fact that the person changed the structure of her body. She was having problems breathing and digesting. Oh. So it's the same type of thing. It's like, so you wonder if a person could put in Sankyo on you and then it changes your, you know, like you can't, you now have trouble breathing. Yeah. So it, you, you're like immobilized because you're, you're afraid you're going to die now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so then like uh, that same thing, Aikido is black magic. And then, but I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened to me in any technique. I know that. Uh, Kanazawa sensei, I've, when I was doing uh, Jujinagi with them, felt like he was going to break my arm. <laughs> but that, but nothing, no, nothing where everyone's wherever felt like oh, this is some black magic type stuff. It's not the kind of thing we want to. It takes a. Well, no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. these yeah. hidden secrets of yeah, of yeah. Budo or Aikido that are kind of lost today. That when you know, um, one of the when I was a student. One of the senseis would say that, oh, yeah, when his children come up to him to ask him for stuff, they always hide their hands because <laughs> they know he's going to grab yeah. them, do Nikkyo yeah. or yeah. Kodagashi on them, yeah. you know, because that is such a strong technique. But today, people's uh, Sankyo, Yonkyo, Kodagashi, Nikkyo is not that strong to where you grab and you go, ah, I kind of feel it. Yeah. And people take the ukeme because that's what they're supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. When's yeah. my turn to, to yeah. do it? Yeah. But th- that, you know, like you were talking about that. Uh, the way to stretch your wrist is different than than how they do it today. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of people do the warm up exercise. I think it, it's kind of just uh, not, nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. You're not not uh, building up resistance and uh, 
resistance to pain, not resistance, but got man tai kai type thing. Yeah, you know, like you have to give. Okay, that's yeah. harsh. Yeah, I think Tada Sensei put it right. He says when you're doing this, you have, or anytime you have a joint, you have to allow the pain to happen to you. Allow the uh, pain, pain to happen to you. And Chiba Sensei says relax in the pain. <laughs> relax yeah, in the, the pain. pain. And um, it's, it's, it's especially when you're doing these warm up exercises, you have to um, make it painful because when your partner does it to you, when you have no control of how much, how intense it's going to be. So you're saying that they have to prepare their body. Yeah, prepare your body, prepares your joint. And you know, if you you know, we all know if you take somebody and they say, oh, what is an Aikido technique like? That? And you just lightly put a Nikyo on them, they'll jump. Yeah, there was a funny story. One time we did this demonstration in Little Tokyo, mm -hmm. and me and the student were walking back to the car, and these two people were sitting at a table, and they said, oh, you guys do Aikido? And I like, yeah, and they started talking about it. And then the lady said, does it work? And the guy, and the guy with me, his name was Kevin, goes, yeah, it works. And she goes, do it to me. So she put her hand out, and then he did Nikyo on her, and she screamed. <sighs> And I was like, dude, what are you doing? What he's are you like, doing? Dude. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't even do it that hard. But I mean, she's like, do it to me. And then he did it. So I mean, like the, the normal person, they have no tolerance. Yeah. So you have to kind of condition your body to have that, to have that tolerance. I, just, I did that to a friend of mine. Did you really? He says, what's it like? So I said, oh, I'll show you Nikio. And I did it. And he, nothing happened. So I let him go. I said, wow. I said, you got tough wrists. He goes, and he's shaking his hand. He said, are you kidding? He couldn't scream. It was so painful. It was the silent scream. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's just, another like, black magic indication thing that it's so painful you can't scream. Yeah, you're just so surprised. You just open your mouth and you yeah, thought, oh, I said, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, in Chinese medicine, they talked about you become so scared you can't scream. And yeah, then you, yeah, uh, yeah. And then you pee your pants. <laughs> Right, that you lose yeah. control because yeah. everything is going downward. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to have that those experiences in Aikido that people don't get today is really, really mm. important. Well, that's why I, I think the the value of Aikido is that uh, well, you get to manipulate physically manipulate one another, and in that you, you get a lot of intense experience, like the Nikyo, the Kansetsuwaza. Yeah, they're very intense and. And uh, it prepares you for a lot of other things. You, you can put up with this. You can put up with, well, we hope, emotional pain yeah, and suffering. Yeah, it's supposed to be, you're, you're, yeah. you're supposed to be able to gaman or persevere yeah, through yeah. Um, thing, everything physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Is that what's missing from uh, martial training now? The gaman, the, 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 the enduring things? I don't know, because Frieza talked about this idea that in Gendai Aikido, mm -hmm. we let everyone wade into the pool from the shallow end. Uh -huh. And he said that in uh, uh, older times, they pushed you into the deep end <laughs> and, and you had to learn how to swim on the fly. Yeah. yeah. But, he said, but for instance, he said that now that people have waded into the shallow end, not many want to venture into the deep end. That's a good but, analogy. That's you know, good, but yeah. that's the hard part. Like if you, someone, like, you know, you had that experience with second doshu cranking your yeah. wrist. I had the same experience with Fruit Sensei doing Nikyo on me. And I, I mean, I was like my first week and I was just like, oh my God, he broke my arm. And then he like walks away. You're just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. You know, but most people, you do that too. They go, I'm out of here. Right. I quit. Right. Right. That's it. You know, you're going to, you're trying to hurt me. Yeah. Like Fruit Sensei has, used to have this joke where it was like, train me as hard as you want. Just don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, because of these people, it's like you're, the things that 
the free sense he did to me, I could never do to my own students. Not mm. some of it's just unethical or or borderline on unethical, but also I don't have the the spirit in my heart to go. I should just slap this person. Yeah, you know, or yeah. I, I should just crank this person's this Nico as hard mm-hmm. as I can. I go, can you feel it? Okay. Only when I go, when I you know, like I'm if I go around and demonstrate, you know, do it on everyone, mm-hmm. and someone tries to jam me, I go. Are you jamming me, or do you need me to show you? And they go, Oh no, no, I'm not jamming you. Mm-hmm. It was just an accident. Because in my because my former temperament was as soon as I felt them resist, I just let, let it happen. Yeah, yeah. But then if you do that today to people, they go, oh, I quit. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. sensei's a jerk. David's a, David's a uh, jerk. I'm yeah. leaving. And you go, No, this is martial art. It's you have to <laughs> you have awesome. to feel this thing. It's Budo. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to hurt. It, it's supposed to hurt, but but the like, because the thing is, it's supposed to hurt because it should be on the borderline of break. Because yeah. in the old days, if you came up to a samurai and gra- and got close enough to grab their wrist, no. they had to break your arm. Because uh-huh. yeah, break, yeah. breaking your arm in the old days was akin to almost killing you. Because if you became an invalid, they couldn't reset it yeah. and put screws in there. You you wouldn't be able to draw your sword yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know, and then a lot of these techniques were right-handed uh-huh. because the person yeah. tries to arrest your right hand, you break their hand, you break their arm with Nikyo. But if they were to break your right hand, you'd be, you know, useless as a, mm-hmm. as a samurai. Yeah, yeah. You know, you better be a good cook or something like that or good with numbers. But so, like, that's the thing is it had to be on the borderline of breakage mm-hmm. so that a person doesn't have to break it but understands, like, this is how it goes. Yeah. Because all, thi- all these joint locks in Aikido... Everything goes with the natural movement of the body, but there's mm-hmm. always a limit, you know. And then someone snaps your wrist, that shows yeah. it, that shows your true temperament because yeah. you're out for however long. Let's see if the person really comes back. Yeah, yeah. Like your first injury is is your is your true test. Mm-hmm. Not, not learning how to roll. Your first injury is the yeah. thing that tests yeah. you the most. Because then you you go, well, I broke my toe. Well, I quit. Well, so it was what it took for you to quit was a broken toe. You know what it took for you to quit is a broken, broken heart or yeah. <laughs> sticks and stones may yeah. break my bones. Yeah. You know, but it's a, that name, the, the terse word. Yeah. The you know what will it take for you to quit? Pain, suffering, a terse word. You know, a poke in the eye. What will it take? You know, mm-hmm. and then what will it take you to quit? Oh well, I can't do this anymore. I I can't. I have to wear glasses for. I had to wear glasses for a year. It was, mm-hmm. and then every other time, someone's like knocking it off my yeah, face. Yeah. You know, well, I just quit. This is too uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, but it's like, what will it take for people to quit? And so, you know, for you, like <clears throat> coming back to like your training, like I'm sure there were times at Hombu where people were, you know, beating the snot out of you. Yeah. Well, it was always done nicely. Yeah. But there were. A couple times when I was close to throwing it in, yeah, to say that was that was it. When when well, somebody did a what shall I say? You see it now and then. Uh, they 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 give you some kind of weirdo attack, which isn't an attack. Yeah, like a shomeuchi that's like this. I mean, that's not shomeuchi, but you can't do anything with that because there's no commitment. But they can kind of poke their, their fingers into your nose, and I got really upset. And I know I made a note in my uh, my my Aikido notebook. And then later on, I looked at it and I said, "No, real practice would would be if the guy does that. You just eating me on the inside and you bop him in the nose and you yeah. say, "Well, that's not right. Do it again, pal." 
and you're bleeding all over my gi, so cut that out. <laughs> but see, people don't do that today. Yeah. They they go back to the, the previous starting spot, yeah. they reset, they take a breath, yeah. they shake it out, and then they attack again. Yeah. You know, like I always yell out, there are no resets in Aikido. There's not a video game. Yeah. No, no, there isn't. You know, if, if you, 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 well, I know when I was there, you pulled that kind of sh nonsense on a senpai, they'd let you have it. Yeah. Just on. And, uh, grab you by the scuff of the neck and pin your nose into the mat you know you could have that and they said don't do that practice properly yeah like practice when, properly when i was a student once uh, a person we're doing yokominuchi eating me yeah so then the person would eating me i would track them yeah and then oh. i always end up stepping on their foot oh. and then this, the person said i'm going light on you yeah. If you track me and step on my foot one more time, I'm going to beat your butt. <laughs> and then I part, and then I was just like, oh, sorry. But in my mind, I'm like, well, you just figure it out. But, yeah. You know, you can't say that. But yeah. th but that's that feeling from the old days, right? Yeah. Like uh, any misstep, they made you pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And you were lucky if it was just a, a, a teardown where the person got mad at you. Yeah, yeah. Usually what happened is you got slapped or you got hit or you got kicked or you got punched. And then you go, okay. Like when I was a student once... Uh, a, 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 my senior, I said, oh, you're leaving your elbow a little too open on my shoulder. And he goes, oh, really? And then it was my turn. He just went, crank armbar every time. Yeah. Like this? Like this? And I was like, what a jerk. And then now my elbows are all both hyperextended <laughs> because of it, you know. But like those types of things happen in the old days. Yeah. Like they just don't happen today. No. And no. I, I don't know if it's because people aren't mean anymore. It's not PC. Yeah, you know, because some of the stuff you talk about happening in, to you at home, but when you were training back in the day, yeah, is, you just can't do today. No, no, you can't do a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. You, you think I don't, you know? Well, I, I don't know good or bad. I can't make that judgment. But I, I, from the training I got and what I felt, I said, well, it was perfectly fine with me. Now, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it, it was like you get it strengthens your resolve. Did you become? You say strengthen resolve, but did you become? mad and then it strengthens your resolve or you just take it and then how did it strengthen your, your I think, resolve? I, well, I can't name you a specific incident but there were times when I got beaten up yeah, and I go, dang, I can't take this anymore and go back the next time and you train harder and you, next time you catch this guy you, you whip his butt, you know? And that, that um, I think that's, that's what uh, it, Keiko is supposed to do for you. Nana Kurobi Yaoki, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Fall down seven times, times get, get up, up eight. eight times, yeah. And uh, that's what you can learn from Aikido practice. But if you, did you feel, did you feel like they were being unreasonable? Un, there, there, there was malice when they were, when you were being thrashed upon. I don't think so. See, I don't think I've ever when, felt that. When I was a student, I felt malice, uh, and, I, and then that made me angry, and then mm. my it strengthened my resolve through anger. And I was uh -huh. like, I'm going to get those guys. <laughs> so then my, my fall down seven, get up eight, it's like, I'm not falling. I'm going to get the, get them back, which I don't know if it's the right, you know, um, right thing to do. Uh -huh. But that's part of the training is you've, is you've come up against your obstacles. And, and I think, yeah, I, I would, anger is a, is, a, is a resolve. Yeah. And if that motivates you to do something, you know, it works. It works. But your, but it, your resolve was just... Just come back the next day, come back the next day. Yeah, keep coming back and say, you know, well, you, you can't push me. Well, I guess maybe it is anger. You know, you're not going to get me. I'm not going to quit. Um, how, you know, how was your Japanese language skills then? Well, they were improving, they were getting better. I think um, 
after about three years, four years in Japan, yeah, it was strongly converse, conversational. And I, I think what helped me a lot were um, uh, Japanese senpai talking to me mm. and making me listen and understanding and being patient while I wrote down the word and pulled out my dictionary and, you know, and, and learn uh, expressions. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't school learned. It was like normal conversation. And then um, being in class and trying to interpret what the, the sensei would be saying, whoever was teaching, because they talked a little bit. And then um, Doshu, he would address the class every now and then and trying to understand what he said and asking people what did he mean by that particular word. And uh, people were very patient. And they, nice. they helped they helped helped me out a lot to the point where actually I uh, when when Doshu would uh, on a couple of occasions the Shimoto sensei came to Hawaii, I could stand there and uh, do um, uh, interpret. And sometimes he would make long sentences and I give give him a funny look. And he would stop, so I could catch up. But uh, I could, I got to the point where you know I, I became accustomed to his his language, and I, I could find appropriate words to use. And in fact, I, I did. Well, nineteen ninety one. I put my little uh, cassette recorder in my in my gi, and I recorded what he said and what I said, and I give myself a B plus. <laughs> it was pr pretty darn close, as, pretty darn close. As a teacher, you gave yourself a B+. Yeah, yeah. I said, that was pretty close, pretty close, you know. And you gotta, you, you gotta, you, you don't have time to, to look, do any reference, right? Right after he says it, you have to yeah, say something Yeah, you can't else. go, oh, let me look that up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have yeah. iPhones. And, and so for um, what I found, what really helped is I had to uh, pretend I was Doshu. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I didn't say his words. It was me saying it, oh. and then that worked. That worked. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to be the dosha, and that that worked a lot. So the the um, what also helped was when I was there, um, Mrs. Ikeda. Any of you out there remember Mrs. Teru Ikeda? Teru Ikeda. Yeah, she asked me to help with the um, English version of the English language uh, Aikido newspaper. So I would go in. And uh, she would, I couldn't read the Japanese, but she'd say them to me. She says, well, when you come to um, translation like this, it's more how good your English is, not how well you understand Japanese. Right. Yeah, so she would make, simplify the words, and I would find a more complex English word for it. But uh, she, she, I would get to something, I would I don't understand. She goes, never mind, <laughs> on to the next <laughs> thing. But, you know, she, she'd hit the highlights, and uh, we'd write it up, and uh, it, it worked. That helped my... Japanese a lot. How do you think Aikido training has changed you from back in the 60s until now? How has it changed me? Like, did it really profoundly change you? Yes, yes. Well, it's... it's Because you've been around, right? You started yeah. in the 60s, you say? Well, the 60s, and then I went to Hombu in 73, yeah. Yeah, so you're you have sixty years plus of Aikido training. Yeah, do you think that the Aikido training has transformed you? Definitely, definitely. Um, my my point of view, the way I see the world, is Aikido based and Budo based. Mm. Yeah, and um, I I think now I, I see 
people who have been in the military and they see things from a very military point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're enlisted, you see one way. If you're an officer, you see it another. Whatever work you did all day long, yeah. you form a pattern. Right. So with, with, um, with Aikido, well, one of the things is it's having done it so long, I think I got uh, good at it. And so I said, well, I can do this. Yeah, my one one thing I, I I can't run a business I can't um, I can't run a marathon but I can do this so it, it it's uh, a confidence builder and the other thing is I have a frame of reference how I see things um, what shall I say kihon uh, waza for dealing with things hmm. yeah um, that uh, in what way in a sense of uh, Sometimes, you know, and, and people all do this. Uh, they learn how to um, awase, how to match yeah. what comes in. And sometimes you know how to deflect things and pay, what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. I mean, um, in, in Keiko, you get this uh, in a, a physical encounter. Mm. And, and gradually you learn how in real life it's not a physical nobody's really going to hit you but they will verbally yeah. or emotionally attack you and, right. and how you whether you accept that or not and how you let it affect you yeah how you let it affect you and, and trying your best not to pay attention to something that bothers you that's really hard isn't it oh yeah yeah that fly that yeah. thing yeah. that person yeah. that word yeah so Tadasense is uh, said being married is a great great training and you go what he goes yeah because um, he said you will get upset you will become upset the other person will upset you and he says it's okay to be upset it's okay to get upset but you don't dwell on it hmm. you get off that because in the martial sense when you if you are attacked everyone will be surprised and the trick is how long you stay surprised. Oh. If you remain surprised, you overcome, right? But if you get off that right away and return to normal, then you can deal with it. So he says in the, in the sense if somebody says something and you get upset, you oh, it's okay, it's okay. Then you get off that and you come back to normal and be, be your normal friendly self. Oh, yeah, so it help, helps you regain your balance. Regain your balance. And, and you know, we, we're given that analogy of like the mirror, you know. The image doesn't last in the mirror and things like that. But that's, that's so true. How often do people get mad and they, they stay mad? You know, that's really poisonous. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that uh, is not good for you because you're dwelling on it and the other person is going along, la, 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 into the happy ways. So why should you be upset when they're happy? And just yeah, let it go. Let it go. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good place to end. Mm -hmm. I hope you you can come on again. Oh, I would like I to. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for coming on, and thank you everybody for watching or listening. Yeah, thank you. I've I've, I've appreciated uh, and enjoyed this conversation with you, Sensei. Cool. It's a lot thank of you. fun. Thank you. Mm -hmm.